Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I hope, well, let's just say we're all collectively may not be having the best week. You know, a lot of times I say, I hope we're having a good week, but I honestly believe that this may be the first time in a long time that we collectively may not be having the best week. So with that being said, hi, happy Friday to you, to your family and everything. And if this is your first time tuning in to Conversations with Toy, first of all, welcome. Get comfortable. If you are not working out or doing anything active, maybe you are folding up the laundry. You may have a gamut of things that you're working on. Whatever that may be, I pray that you are in the most peaceful and as peace as you possibly can. At Conversations with Toy, we talk about it all. We talk about it from dating, marriage, relationships, stress, mental health. We talk about, there's really no topic that's pretty much off the table. And so when you're listening to Conversations with Toy, sometimes we will have guests. Sometimes like today, we will not. But whatever we talk about, we will always relate it back to your mental health, your self-care, how we can be better, you know, parts of ourselves, how we can pretty much show up better in our own spaces, regardless of our titles, our jobs, whatever that case may be. So I'm grateful that you stumbled upon this podcast. You maybe even refer to this podcast, or you just wanted to just try something different. Whatever the case may be, you did not get here by accident. And so for this episode and any other episode that you listen to, we are grateful to have you. Three things that any of you, whether you're new or you're a veteran or you're just, you know, part of the family, the, the, the community, three things that you can do that don't cost money. One, you're already doing first part. You're listening to the podcast. The second thing you can do is you can review the podcast. And the third thing that you can do is you can share the podcast. That means let someone else know that you enjoyed listening to the podcast. We have six seasons. Uh, There's plenty, plenty of episodes that may resonate with you. Um, Like I said, because we talk about so many different topics, there's something you can find. There's a little something for everybody. So everybody is welcomed at the table in the community with conversations with toys. So welcome. And we're glad to have you. We have a lot to talk about a lot. And Some of this may make you pause. I will say we are going to talk about what happened in Texas. So I always like to give trigger. um, I don't know when you'll say triggered motions, notions, but just if you are triggered, I like to attempt to give you that heads up. We will be talking about Texas and everything that happened this week. It's only fair. We do talk about, you know, current topics and I think it would be almost ridiculous for us to kind of breeze past it like it didn't exist because we have sets of parents. 
We have families out there right now who cannot just simply walk away as if this situation, this tragedy did not happen. So we are going to talk about it as well. We're not going to talk about the entire episode, obviously, because again, I honestly do feel that you need to monitor how much you take in of the news, especially tragedy. You know, unfortunately, again, I say the families that are deeply involved, um, whether indirectly or directly, they don't have the pause button for this right they don't have the I can't take this in they're living in it and I think we have to remind ourselves about the fact that they are in the midst of this living in this and they may not be in the best moment to take care of their mental health they may not be in the best pace or space to you know self-care while they're in the midst of this tragedy and so that is my prayer for starting off before we even get into that conversation about Texas that that somebody is around them is making sure that they're eating that they're getting some sort of sleep. You know, they may not even be able to sleep. I, I Listen, I have three children of my own and whether you have children or not is irrelevant. But when you do become a parent and you hear things like this, it makes you pause. It makes you think it guts you. You, you just think about it. And it makes you think about the inevitable about God, what would I do if I was in that situation? And of course, nobody fully knows what they would do. But the just the thought of it is a lot. I mean, it is it just really, it is a lot. So for all the parents indirectly and all the families that have been directly or indirectly um, exposed to the situation who are in the situation, who are living this actual nightmare, my heart goes out to everyone involved and we will get back to this conversation. But again, we will not be talking about it the entire conversation because I am a firm believer that we don't need to take in as much for those who have been watching some of the videos, some of the imagery. I would try to, if you possibly can pull back, but we'll, we'll get into that. But I just a little bit of a, a wisdom nugget. I may pull back. Um, outside of that, because we will get back to Texas because Texas is going to have to stay in our hearts and our prayers, just like Sandy Hook. Like we have to keep these people lifted up forever because their lives have been changed forever. Not just this moment, not just this week, not just, you know, because we want to bring in politics and talk about gun control. Like, no, their lives will change forever. Um, but beyond that, for now, we're going to put a pause, a pin in that and come back to that. This has been one of the most interesting, strangest, and even grieving, grieving-ish weeks for me. Um, I have or had, unfortunately, a cat named Tiki, and that cat has passed away as of this Monday. And my family and I are very much still processing that because... He got sick before I had went to uh, Los Angeles, which we'll talk about as well. Um, and in the midst of going to Los Angeles, he had gotten sick before I left, not right before I left, but he had gotten sick maybe a week before I left. And we had taken him to the hospital and he had gotten better and came home and then he was doing well. And then as I was leaving, he started to get sick again. And by the time I was gone, my husband made the decision to take him in, which I'm grateful that he did because I got back barely almost into Sunday. I was supposed to be back like in the later night of the, of Saturday, but it was almost closer to Sunday morning. And, um, when I got back, he wasn't here. You know, that's when my family let me know that he was in the hospital. 
And I went to visit him like literally the next morning. I got up, I got dressed. I wanted to go see about my fur baby. I had to go see what was going on. When I got there, um, he was kind of lethargic a little bit, but then when he kind of like came into himself and saw that I was there, I mean, he got up, he jumped, he was jumping around, he was moving around, he was doing all the things. And then by that Monday, you know, I was expecting to go visit him, but then we were like, okay, we're going to bring him home. So we'll just, you know, call and see what time we can pick him up. My, I had an event and my husband was going to go pick him up and bring him home. And the doctors were supposed to call me by about, you know, by eight o'clock. Well, I get to the event. It's I, when I said I get to the event, I got out of my Uber, walked to the event and I got the phone call that he would not make it. And we needed to make this decision about, you know, making sure that he, it, his last moments was as humane as possible. I'll say that. And unfortunately, by the time I got there, we had made the decision that we were going to bring him home for one night so that he can have his last night at home, then have the kids possibly go to school and then take care of the situation and, you know, help him out, make sure he was safe and doing all the things for him. And unfortunately, as I was about to bring him, they had handed him to me and we were about to leave. He started to have a seizure and everything else just kind of went. And I don't want to get into the specifics of everything, but I will say this as a parent, the hardest thing was having to rush to grab the kids so they can come over to where we were to say, you know, their goodbyes um, to their cat is probably one of the most hardest moments that I've had to experience. My kids have not had too many things, too many um, experiences with death, but their experiences with death was pretty, you know, hard. Their grandmother passed away a few years ago and that was their first time really dealing with death and now the death of their, their furry brother. And it was hard. Like I didn't expect, I expected them to take it hard, but you know, when you see, when you, you have these expectations, but then you're met with the true, like, this is what's happening. It was like a different situation. So, you know, I am, and we are still struggling with that. It's only been a couple of days and the struggle was real, real. Like, you know, I never liked cats. Let me be honest. If you are a cat lover listening to me, listen, I'm going to be honest. I can only be honest. I never had a desire to be around cats. I never wanted to be that person that liked to even touch a cat. Cats just were too mysterious for me. Um, the claws, the whole nine, I just didn't never got really into it. It just was not something that was for me. And here I am falling in love with my cat who I've had, I think we've had for like maybe four years or so. And I'm boohooing, breaking down in the street, crying, upset. Uh, it was crazy. And you know, that just goes to show you can change your mind about anything. You can, you know, look at things differently later on the things you said you should have, would have, could have, you wouldn't have done. You may not have been participant in. And then, you know, years later, like me, I'm sitting around crying, dying and having a fit about my furry son. And so things can change. So for those who have ever lost a pet, whoever lost a pet, you understand that pets become your family. And for people who don't own pets, who don't have pets, who don't see the big deal, they'll say things like, well, it was a cat. I don't understand. It's not that you know, it's not that serious. Y'all treating it like it's a human. It's not necessarily about treating it like it's a human, but these animals, these lovely animals become a part of you. They become a part of your family and they become a part of the story of your family. And so we would do everything to include our cat. Like we had ornaments with his, we still have ornaments with his name, with his name on it. Um, we, you know, he has his full name. He has, you know, Tiki James story has a full name. You know, he gets Christmas presents. He gets valent. Like I give my kids presents for almost every holiday. 
Did you not think I didn't give that cat no presents, presents for every holiday as well? So again, you take on this persona, you love these animals as if they were just like, a, you know, everything to you. I remember my son before, um, the cat passed away and my son saying, you know, Tiki was my only, my only brother. My son is the only uh, boy in our house. And so that meant something to me when he said that. So little things like that, you know, again, you think of all the memories that were created. You remember them. My parents, they just lost uh, my furry brother uh, a couple of months ago. And, you know, this particular, like my parents' dog, which is basically our family dog, because, you know, my that dog has been in my life as almost as old as my daughter. My daughter just celebrated her 13th birthday this week. That dog, if he had been here, he had been, would have been with us for almost 13 years. This is my, my parents, AKA the family dog. And so that's a long time to have a dog in your life for your entire life. And then that dog, unfortunately, you know, goes and joins the rainbow. Um, and, um, yeah, that is what it is. So if you've ever experienced the death of a pet, you know, the feeling, you know, the, the, the concern, you know, the you know, the deep sigh, you know, the pain, you know, the, the parse process of having to heal from that. And our kids are going through that. We are going through that. And I'm sending love to all the fur parents who've ever had to, um, watch their cat, their dog, their whomever, you know, journey on to the other side. So that has been my week prior to that. Again, I was in LA in Los Angeles and I had, um, listen, I had the most amazing time in Los Angeles. I was there for the blog, her, she media, uh, health, which was blog, her health. Um, it's a conference that focuses on our health, our mental health, our physical health, the way that we take care of ourselves. Again, there are a lot of tips that we can apply that can help other people in our homes. Again, there's always tips that can apply for how we move and we take care of other people, but there's something about focusing on yourself for just a few moments. A lot of the people that in blog her are creators. So there are other bloggers, digital creators, content creators, writers, whatever it is that their many titles are. Some people who are doing it full-time, some people who are doing it as a part-time and some people doing it as a side hustle. Listen, all the people, whatever you're doing it and how you're doing it doesn't begin to matter. But with Blog Her Health, they bring in experts, people who talk about their own journeys. They have amazing uh, interactions and exhibits. So while you're there, you can do, you know, you can visit one exhibit like and learn about all kinds of different things. There's plenty to, of food, food everywhere. I mean, everywhere you can get up in the midst of what's happening and go get yourself something to drink, get yourself something to eat. It's very welcoming and the, and it's very much vibes is just very relaxed and chilled. And as you're listening to these, um, conversations. You listen to these conversations, you're learning about different things you should be thinking about. And I know for me as a digital creator, um, as a content creator, as a blogger, a podcaster, you know, a lot of times you're on a deadline, you're trying to get certain things done, put up, you know, you like with this podcast, you want the podcast to be up by a certain time, you know, with the blogs, I blog about three or four times a week. So you're trying to get all of these different things up and running. And in the midst of trying to get everything you know, up and running, you find yourself constantly like reevaluating, like, are you doing something correctly? What do you need to, you know, change certain things? 
And in the midst of all that, then if you start having um, brand deals, then you have their deadlines that you, you know, you obviously go into the situation and you're agreeing to, and then you may have one deal. And then by the end of the week, you may have five deals. And so you're juggling all of these different things. You're trying to make sure that you do the best work that you can. And in the midst of that, are you really taking care of yourself? Are you eating the way that you're supposed to be eating, right? Because you're on a deadline, you have, you may or may not have a family, you have other things pulling on you, you kind of want to also hang out with your friends and see family and travel. You got a lot of things happening at one time. And are you really making sure that you're drinking enough water? Are you taking the time out to have a wellness check? You know, are you journaling and having those moments to yourself so that you're not just always on go and just being about product and you're not just about being about placement, you're not just about writing and you're not just about these deadlines. And so a lot of times these conferences help you to refocus that because it's hard. You know, people who are digital creators can create anything, can be in anywhere in the world. But when you take on other responsibilities, it may not always be as easy to think about yourself because you're always on the go. You're thinking about others. You're placing other people ahead of you. And so you may take a back seat to your own health. I want you to think about that no matter what your title is. You don't have to be a creator. You could just be a regular person working a regular job, living like a regular life like I do, right? And we all need to think about the way that we treat our bodies, you know, are you taking the time to be active? I have to admit, I have to get back on getting more active in my life and become more of an active participant because again, it's super hard, no matter what your job is, no matter what your level of responsibility it is, you can get really completely caught up in life. So you're just going about life. You're kind of just going about the things you're just doing whatever the mundane things that become, because you're just like, uh, you know, it's gotta be done. I'm just out here doing the bare minimum. Uh, I'm just here to do this. I'm here to do that. Listen, take some time to focus on yourself. Take the time to make sure that you're okay. Don't just get caught up. Like as much as I do agree with having morning routines and having evening routines and doing these things, there's never a time that in the midst of a routine that you can't sometimes break it up, break up the monotony and do something different. Yes, you're used to going and at eight o'clock, you may be your stop time where you start to focus on yourself and that's beautiful, but maybe switch it up every now and again. And I def definitely believe that we have to find a way to try to do better and making sure that we're okay. So at Blog Her LA, um, in, in LA, I should say, we had an amazing time. The speakers were dynamic. I'm going to link in um, part one of my recap. I'm going to have part two in uh, on the blog next week. But yes, it was amazing to get away, to refocus, to reshift. Um, my best friend met me down there. It was an amazing time. We did a lot of sightseeing, which I never really do. And we ate a lot. Now, let me just say, y'all know Tabitha Brown. Some of you may know Tabitha Brown. Tabitha Brown is, I, she has so many different titles. She has a new collection coming out with uh, Target. She is vegan. So, you know, she's, you know, woman after my heart. And then she also just does a lot of content creation. If you listen to her, if you read her book, she does have a book that's out. If you've read her book, then you know that um, she struggled. Like she didn't come from out of the, out of the 
stall and just be like hit the ground running. She, I think it took her almost 10, 11 years of doing little things here and there before she became who she wanted to be. She wanted to be an actress. She had to work hard to become that. Um, she started to make these videos on YouTube and then all of a sudden those things that took off. And this is exactly why I say, you never know. This is why you got to be very much in tune and not be willing to quit because you think that you're going to become an overnight success and you won't not, not necessarily. And everybody wants to go viral because in the viral moment, you know, that height of becoming or going viral feels as if it's going to like take off and perpetuate your career. But I'm going to say this beyond, you got to think about yes, having a viral moments, but you also have to think about after the viral moment. So that's where Tabitha Brown is. So after this viral moment, first of all, she continues to stay true to making sure that she still does her conversations and different things, her uplifting messages as she did when she first began. And I'm going to just tell you right now, that's hard to do because now, as you can see, she has a, um, a spice with uh, McCormick. She's doing stuff with Target. She's done several things with Target, but now she has her own clothing line. She has her restaurant, which is what I went to in um, Los Angeles, which is called Kale My Name. She has a family. She travels. She does things. She's an actress. She has a lot of things happening. And yet to go back and stay true to the things that first got her started is not as easy as it sounds because you're still trying to maintain that very basic, the first things that you did that got you where you got. This is why I have to say, you have to think about going beyond a viral moment because going beyond a viral moment means what are you going to do to sustain this lifestyle that you believe you want? Like in our minds, we say, we think we want a certain outlook. We want a certain outcome, but in order to get this certain outlook and the certain outcome, there are other things that you have to put into its place. So after you've gone viral, or if you're looking to go viral, you need to have a plan. What are you going to do with that moment? Right? Cause you can go viral off of a post, right? You can post something, hit that 10 K and keep going like that is considered going viral. Like you can have those moments. And what are you going to do with that? If you're going to be stressing over, I got to keep going viral. You need to reconsider your plan. Cause that's not it. That's a beautiful thing if you can, but that's not it. What is your messaging then going to be to the people? Once you've gotten their attention, then what is your message? What do you plan to do with that? Cause I know some people that are really like, listen, I know some people in my life that I could call out by name, but I won't that are so super concerned and over consumed about making sure every post goes viral. But I never heard them say that they have a message and a purpose for that. Right. So they're concerned about every time that they post, it has to hit 10 K and then keep going. Right. They have to have this viralish moment. Right. And when they have it, and some of them are consistent with it, like they're able to pull these numbers, like let's say on TikTok or Instagram or whatever the case may be. But then my thought process is then what, what are you doing after you do that? Like, so you've got everybody's attention, but you really don't have a purpose. What are you, what are you doing with that moment? Are you turning that moment into something greater than you? And then also making sure that you include yourself in it too. Because if you're doing these things to try to obtain to certain accolades in your mind that you think is where you want to be, then what do you plan to do at that moment? For instance, I talk about mental health and mental wellness all the time. I talk about it on the Instagram. I talk about it on uh, TikTok. I talk about it in the blog in some form. 
But once I quote unquote, whatever hit a viral moment, I'm going to continue to continue the message because I had to start off with a message. Sometimes you can go viral by accident and there's nothing wrong with that. But once you got their attention, what you going to do with it? How are you going to assist someone else? How are you going to assist yourself? Right? Cause that's a lot to live up to when everything that you do, that's all you're caring about is going viral. I can't even imagine your mindset when that's all you are considering and thinking about. I got to keep having this viral moment. I got to keep this momentum going. That's a lot of stress. That's a lot of stress to try to keep up. I'm going to tell you right now, that is a lot of stress, but I did go to her restaurant, Kale my name. And I have to say as a vegan, I honestly believe that her restaurant is absolutely hands down one of the most amazing things I've ever tasted. There are other amazing vegan restaurants. There's one here in Philly um, called Go Vegan. That's weirdly enough, a Philadelphia is originally a Philadelphia restaurant, but is located in Delaware. And there's other places as well. Even here in Philadelphia, there's amazing places, but Kale My Name is very much everything that it sets out to be. So you know how sometimes these celebrities, they get these restaurants and then you go to eat at them, you know, listen, I ain't going to call out some of the ones that I've heard about in Atlanta and, and other places that have these celebrity restaurants that have the name of the backing of the celebrity, but the food is jack and janky. The restaurant and service is raggedy. Uh, you get in there and just be about hype and it don't really live up to the hype. That is not what Kel My Name is. Kel My Name lives up to the hype. The service is amazing. And let me tell you something. It don't be about, you know, all this extra stuff. You literally go in to Kale My Name. It's beautifully aesthetic on the inside. Absolutely. Now on the outside, it's inside of like a shopping center. So that I was kind of concerned because I thought it was first going to be like a standalone restaurant, but it don't have to be. And when I walked in, let me tell you, the second I opened the door, it was like you opened the door to peace. And you know, like I know, that's not easy to find. That's not easy to find at all. So you walk in the door and the the place is peaceful. The people are greeting you with a smile. There's no celebrity, you know, hoorah-rah going on when you walk in there. Although you do recognize that it is Tabitha's uh, restaurant because you see all of her sayings. If you've ever listened to uh, Tabitha, she'll say things like, hello there, and you know, certain things you'll see that in the menu and the portions, listen, don't be greedy like me or be greedy like me. That's your business. As Tabitha would say, but the portions are major. I was like, Oh, I'm going to get these barbecue cauliflower wings. I'm going to be fine. And I'm going to also get pancakes and sausage. And then I'm also going to get something to drink. And I'm also going to get, let me, let me say, I should have stopped at the cauliflower wings. The portion of that was so much. And if I had been in the city or going, you know, lived there, I'd have took that home. I was so mad at myself, frustrated because I couldn't really eat it all. But then it was like, it wasn't going to keep, you know, at the hotel. And, you know, it didn't, I didn't have an air fryer at the hotel to refry it up or nothing. So I was very much frustrated because I honestly, I would have bagged that thing up and brought it home. But I will say it is worth the money. It's not super, super expensive. It's very relatively, um, conservative in price. The, again, the service is great. The menu names are off the chain. I love the menu names. And again, the food actually matches the spirit behind which it started. You know, Tabitha Brown has been known to show her recipes on her Instagram and the recipes that I ate 
at Kale My Name Match. So again, I can't put my stamp on a lot of these other janky uh, places. Again, God bless them. And I pray that their food becomes better and their service actually matches because some of these places, these celebrity places, just be having people come just for the name of the celebrity. But what I will say at Kale My Name is definitely matches. So if you are in the Los Angeles area, I think they have other locations, but specifically the Los Angeles, which is actually catered for Tabitha Brown. I'm going to tell you that you can go ahead and put your stamp on there. Go ahead in there. And even I, my best friend, she was there. She's not vegan whatsoever. Never is really eats anything vegan. And she was tearing that food up. So for me, that says plenty. Um, so yeah, get to kill my name in Los Angeles. You will love it. Make sure you make a reservation. Cause apparently I went on a, I think a random Thursday in the afternoon. I had reservations. I did not play. I made those reservations a while but what I will say is that you are going to definitely want to make reservations, especially if you're going on the weekend, because again, you know, she is Tabitha Brown is a name, a household name, in my opinion, and people are going to come there because of her name and they're going to leave there feeling happy that they did. So get your reservations in before you go while you're there, whatever the case may be, but make your reservations so that you're guaranteed a spot. Los Angeles doesn't owe me anything. I have an aunt that lives there. I tried to contact her. I did not see her. However, I have, I had the opportunity to see one of my other aunts and two cousins. Um, my other aunt that I went to, that I actually ended up seeing doesn't live there. She lives here and I normally don't get to see her as often. So it was very good to give her a hug and see her. But my two cousins, they do live in Los Angeles. And when I'm in Los Angeles, even if it's just for a few hours, just to have some girl time talk, kiki and some drinks, we try to do our best to get together. And this was no exception. Exception. We had an amazing time. We had great conversation. And of course, we always had our drinks. So it was just good to catch up and see people that you know and good to hug people because, you know, I haven't seen them in two years. Matter of fact, Los Angeles was my last trip right before the pandemic. Um, I think that trip was in February and then we were shut down by March. So Los Angeles was the last time I was there. And I couldn't remember why that was the case because a lot of the times when I'm talking about stuff since post-pandemic or still in a pandemic, a lot of places I've said I haven't been, it's been like three years or four years, but because I literally went to Los Angeles the month before we got shut down. And let me just say, I went and I wore a mask before a mask became um, a big thing because when you're on a plane, whether it was pandemic or not, like people be having colds and coughs and they be doing the most on these planes. I, I don't really have the energy for it. Um, so I had a great time. The flight to Los Angeles going up, even though it was not direct flight, I'm a direct flight type girl. I don't, don't change me on no plane. Um, it wasn't a direct flight on the way up there, but it was very peaceful, very quiet. I went first thing in the morning. My flight started, left at like 7.30, stopped to Chicago. I only wish I would have had a little bit more time in Chicago. I had maybe an hour between, you know, my next flight. Um, I went to Chicago a couple years ago for a birthday weekend. And Chicago is definitely a foodie place, but they have some amazing spots inside the airport, which I wanted to try to eat at. I did grab some food before I left, but you know, I didn't really get a chance to really sit down and eat. I wanted to get another cocktail and all the things, but you know, here we are. But the flight on the way back, now that flight on the way back, although it was a direct flight, you know, I'm a direct flight type of girl. It was very interesting. We had a lot of turbulence. We didn't get home the time we were supposed to because of the turbulence. It was just a mess. 
Um, there was a little cutie baby on that flight. And anybody who's ever taken a flight with a baby, you got to have a grain of patience, some good earplugs, and just some understanding. Because listen, as much as you're frustrated from hearing a baby cry, the parents are one, embarrassed and in, and frustrated because they don't want to be known as the people who had that loud baby on the flight. And as a parent, I immediately go into, let me be understanding. Let me be understanding because I would not want to be in their shoes and I've never had to bring, actually, I did bring my baby on a, on a flight. My oldest has been on a flight as a baby. And thankfully she just was not a, not a crier. She just, she just wasn't. And, um, yeah, I, I just never wanted to be the parent that had the baby on the flight. Cause everybody's eyes is on you. You know, you hear the people that are huffing and puffing and acting a fool. Like, listen, all that huffing and puffing you're doing, that baby ain't going to be quiet. That baby is not something. Nobody's huffing and puffing. Matter of fact, that baby is not even listening to the cues of his parent. So for the people who be on flights with kids and y'all just be out here doing the most, what are y'all doing? Like, did you think that by expressing yourself that was going to make this baby be quiet? Because if that was it, child, babies would be quiet all around the nation. And they ain't worried about nobody huffing and puffing around them because they tired of hearing it. I get it though. Like if you're in a deep sleep, you're listening to your music and you can't hear because the baby's crying. Listen, just adjust, right? Just adjust but you know how we are are we don't we don't act right we don't do right and so you know we'd be doing the most but that baby was fine that baby did what a baby was going to do because you know babies do baby things and so eventually that baby got quiet I think the the issue was is that the baby had gotten to a point where it got comfortable and then the turbulence was waking him up so you know babies do cry when they wake up and um but the flight was fine outside of that <laughs> LA owes me nothing. So check out the blog, her part one in the show notes so that you can read up all the things. I got a chance to meet Christina uh, Milian. Um, let me just say Christina Milian is aging all the way backwards. I think she's around the same age as I am, if not the same age as I am. And honey, she is aging backwards. Sis looks all the way snatched and amazing effortlessly, not anything, but completely effortlessly. And let me just say, you know, you LA, there's so many, um, celebrities. I have just seen a lot of them, met a lot of them while there. And I'm just going to say Christina Milian is a jewel. She is the most sweetest person you can meet. Nothing about her came off as high or haughty or anything like that. She is literally who she is. The way you see her, she's just going to be that. And she had a really good conversation with me, um, and I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking to her, listening to her um, talk about her failures in life, her failures in business. Because again, at Blog Her, we're always encouraging women to talk about their business, how they're scaling it and the things that they learned and the things that they didn't succeed in. And so she talked about all those things. And, um, you know, Blog Her does have a lot of a celebrity presence, no matter if it's in New York, LA, no matter what the location is. But again, if you're there just to see celebrity sightings, you're going to see that. Let's be clear. If you're in any blogger conference, you're going to see a celebrity uh, sighting. Um, whether you you could be trying to close your one eye, you're going to see them. They're going to be in the building. Um, I've seen all kinds of celebrities at these bloggers. There was Gabrielle Union, Kiki Palmer, Sarah and Jessica Parker. All of these people be in the building. All of them. But if you're coming to just see the celebrities, that's what you're going to leave home with celebrity sightings and a picture with a celebrity. I think this is the first time with having a picture with Christina Milian that I even, even had that happen. Cause Tika Sumter was there one year, nine times out of 10, 
I don't even attempt to even get a picture with the celebrities or if I have video of them, of me and them, like I rarely even post them because it's not about the celebrity sightings. Cause like as much as I love Tika Sumter, as much as I love Sarah Jessica Parker and Gabrielle Union, who I just love and just love, love, love as much as I love them, those encounters are beautiful, but they don't, I need the words that they're saying because that's why they were brought there, right? Those things are what resonates with me. So yes, have I seen, been around, had pictures, videos, all those different things of this from celebrities? Yes, I rarely post them. I do because at the end of the day, it's really not about that. These celebrities have already had the backing that I don't have, right? They have teams that I do not own, do not have access to. And so what I'm trying to do is trying to get myself built up so that I can get into place for what's for me. And so that's why I focus on the things that are being learned and the things that are being said. So LA owes me nothing. It was amazing. All the food. Um, Saturday, if you are following the blog and if you, sh and you really should, it's at toy time, T O I T I M E dot org. And on Saturday, the post will be all about the, the different food that I've had while I was in LA. So if you are a foodie and you're like, listen, I'm about to travel. Listen, there are, listen, this, I'm not going to act like where I was in LA. I went to all the places, right? And some of these celebrity places that y'all be pumping up or the, the celebrities be pumping up. I went past, I went right past and walked through and I was just like, mm, this ain't it. Right. The paparazzi be making stuff look popping because some of these places that I visited, I was like, this, this ain't it. However, I did post, I will be posting on Saturday. The blog is already done. It's already hit. It's going to hit on its own because I said it to do so on Saturday. If you want to see some of the restaurants that I ate, the recommendations, the highs, the lows of those different places and locations, that is where you go on Saturday because the post is ready. Um, today's post is just a recap of all the different things of this week. So if you are following me, then you know that that's what you're reading for today. And Saturday, the post is going to be on the food places that I attended and ate at and enjoyed while in Los Angeles. Then we will do part two of blog her of what I learned and the different things and aspects. And then in another week or two after that, there is one sponsored post. I love working with amazing companies and we are going to be talking about mental health and mental health apps, the things that you use on your phone. So that's going to happen in two weeks. That's just giving you a broad overview, but let's get our conversation back to Texas because I definitely want to make sure that we don't just gloss over Texas you know, these souls, and I mean children, I can't, again, you do not have to be a parent to have empathy and sympathy in the situation. I think the whole nation is kind of just like, you know, at a pause at a, at a, you know, it's like when you have something stuck in your throat and you're, you're, you know, want to cry every 3.2 seconds. I think that's kind of where we are right now. Whether you have a child or not, you ain't got to have a child to understand. You don't have, a, have to have a child to understand sympathy and empathy at all. Not in this situation. Because think about these babies. These are children. Now, I have a fourth grader and I have a second grader. So I was immediately like floored when I saw that these children, like I first saw the first thing. If you follow me on Twitter at Toy Time Blog, I have posted the first thing that just said there was a live, you know, gunman on, on the scene and things were being locked down. And in my mind, I was just hoping that the gunman had gotten wherever he did and that they had gotten hold of him. And then he just went about his business and got arrested. And then we just would hear about that in the news. And then everybody would do their arguing and debating about gun, gun control. Honestly, that is what I thought. 
And it wasn't until not even 30 minutes later, then you started to hear about the uh, teachers that had passed away because they were protecting their students. And then the husband of the teacher died and had a heart attack. My God, keep that family all the way in prayer because they're leaving behind four children. Jesus, right? Oh, good God. And when I began to see the numbers of children that had died and seen the, let me just be honest with you. I watched no parts of some of this coverage that's been going on. Just me knowing that these children had died is good enough for me. And this is why I am very particular about what I take in and the news that I take in and the amounts of it that I take in, whether I'm online or whether it's on the news or whatever it may be, I try to control the things that I am taking in. And so for some of you have been watching some of that imagery of the the police running with their guns and running around. God bless. Please do your best to try to put a pin in a pause because I'm telling you it's too much to sit up there and watch. Like I, I was strolling on, um, scrolling on, um, Instagram and they were having this little boy who was there and he was talking about basically how he had to hide underneath a desk and, you know, the police had actually gotten on the scene and the police had called out saying, you know, Hey, if you're here, you need help, say help. Well, when that child said help, the gunman who was, I guess, near the child shot that little girl. I'm good. I don't need to hear any more of that. I don't want to see any more of that. I need to put a pause, a pen and, a, and, and, and to put some space in between because I can't take that in. That is for me. Again, I am believer of doing what is good for your, your mental health. And for me, I can't, I cannot take in all those stories um, because it's just, it's a lot. And again, I get it. The families that are involved indirectly and directly, that is where my heart goes to. I spend a lot of time praying for them and uplifting them because when you think about the fact that you got up as a caregiver or a parent and you sent those beautiful babies off to school and they didn't do anything wrong. They weren't in the street playing in the street and got hit by a car or anything like that. They weren't in the wrong place at the wrong time. They were in school learning, having a blast, recess. I think they were watching movies. Some of them were watching a movie before all of this happened. Like, And think about the fact that we're almost out of school, so we're getting close to the end. So school is a little bit more lighter for kids. School gets light at the beginning of the school year, and school gets light at the end of the school year. So you have that light atmosphere. Everybody's kind of more you know, energetic and happy because school's almost done. You have the fact that they just had come from recess or they're watching a movie. And so these kids were in a place of they just probably ate, they had did their thing, and they're just simply in school. And their bodies having to have taken that trauma. And even if they died fast, slow or not, none of that matters. The point of it is, is that they were just babies doing the things that children do. They were just in school learning. There's no rhyme or reason as to why they should have been in school. And now they're no longer here. If I drop my children's off, children off at school, when I go to pick them up, I expect them to be there in the same place that I left them and in, in, in the same way that I left them. The day that the school shooting happened, my kids were home because, you know, we were dealing with the cat and I let them stay home for that the day after that the cat passed away and my kids were home. And so I had the ability to hug them immediately. But then panic struck on my mind when I thought about how my anxiety would work, just like every other parent who, you know, 
sent their kids to school and they're watching this on the news, um, you know, and you're thinking about your own kids, like it's a real reality. So this is the reason why I stress that, you know, I get it. Mornings are rough. Like if you have a child, a chicken or anything else, you know how hard it is to get folks to line up in the morning. Like morning time be stressful. Everybody's trying to fight to get into the bathroom. You know, you're trying to make sure everybody has, for our house, we're trying to make sure everybody has their vitamins and medication and you're running around doing all the things. And so you're stressed out because this child won't get up on time and now everybody's behind and it becomes a circus almost in the morning. But in my house, we do our best to one, make sure that we're saying our prayers. And then the second thing that we do is make sure if you had an argument with your child, if you had something go wrong, the kid is doing the most. We in our house try to absorb that because in the morning time, when you send your child off to school, the, the worst thing you could do is put them in a spirit of anger and frustration when they leave out of your car. And then we make sure that they're not in that type of stress. And then on top of that, we make sure, listen, we love you. It's not non-negotiable. When we leave each other's presence, no matter for school or for whatever the reason is, you make sure you tell somebody that you love them because you know that life is short no matter where you are. And so to think about dropping your child off and then you go to pick them up or you don't even get to pick up time and they're already taken, that's not a thing. That's not a thing that any parent wants to. That's a living nightmare. So that's why I say for the parents, the families, that are involved, whether your child was shot and injured and, and they didn't pass, whether your child was in the classroom and just had to watch their own classmates perish. Like they're going to need therapy. They're going to need love. They're going to need patience. They're going to need understanding. You know, the, the PTSD that's going to come from that, you know, they may not be able to hear loud noise for a while. Like there's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts to this. And then when they begin to start the process of burying these babies, like my heart just rips thinking about that. No parent wants to bury their child. No parent wants to bury their child. The children who didn't even begin to start life good. I mean, second graders, fourth graders, they just started. They haven't been in school that long. It's, it's a lot. And I just pray for every last person all the grandparents and the cousins, all the extended family, all of that. I pray that their every need that they have is met. And I pray that they're able to, again, that somebody is in their corner advocating for them and their mental health and their self-care and just loving on them as they go through this tragedy, because this tragedy is going to be ongoing for the rest of their lives. Ongoing. And for us that we can do anything that we can to support these families, you know, all the debate about gun control is going on and they're valid, period. But a lot of these politicians are making this moment to be more about politics instead of the fact that whether you have children or not, how could you even make this a thing when you can see that these are families who are grieving, who are going to have tremendous holes of love just being scarred in their lives? You know, I just want people to be going back to being, you know, the human part of us and the humanity of us go back to that because we're losing it. We're losing the fight on humanity. We are really losing the fight on humanity. There's so much going on in this world, whether you live in Texas and Philadelphia be doing the most. Listen, Philadelphia is be turning into Philadelphia and the ways that the violence has, has an uptick. It's out of control. But for all those, when you have anybody in your life whether it's your friend, you're talking to your friend on the phone you haven't seen in a while, make sure you tell somebody you love them. Like always end with love and lead with love. 
We've got to do that because listen, we are not okay. None of us are this week. You know, I had the grief of my cat and then you add the grief of this, like my cat is nowhere near this, the same. So before y'all come for me, like, oh my gosh, she compared her cat to that. Stop it right now. <laughs> Stop it right now. I'm just saying that people are experiencing levels of grief from different attributes, different places coming at them all at one time. Please take care of your mental health. If you need to take a break from the news just for a little while, go ahead and do so. Again, um, we actually don't even physically watch the news as often in the house because we have cell phones. To be honest with you, if you have a cell phone, the news is right there. Anything that's popping off, whether it's celebrity news, regular news, all the things you can get right from your phone. So we try to, as adults, if we're going to um, take in the news to try to get it from there because we don't like to play a lot of it in our house because we have our small children um, and my te new teenager. And um, yeah, you don't want to bring, I don't want that, at that atmosphere in the house. We do as a family do talk about things because I have an older daughter and if I don't talk to her first about it, when she gets to school, they'll have the whole conversation going. Some of it be adding stuff that didn't make no sense, stuff that didn't even happen. And I've been, a, my husband and I have been a firm believer of trying to be, you know, we always can't be, but trying to give our kids the things that they need to get from us first, then to hear it from different sources. And especially with the fact that my kids were off the day that it happened. So I knew by the time they had gotten to school the next day that they would definitely hear about it. And the most heart wrenching part of this was that my daughter came to me the next day after she had finally went to school. And she's like, yeah, we had a drill about how we should put our legs in case of an intruder comes into our school. And I have to pull my legs up if I'm in the bathroom a certain way and do this and lock the door. I almost lost it. Because we have more drills on what to do if an attacker comes into school than protecting the kids from even having the attacker happen. Oh, good God from Zion. And by the way, my daughter's in second grade. Almost the same ages as these babies. My mind is blown. I heard one of the stories that I did um, read was that, because I'm a reader. If it's about reading, I'm a read. But even with reading, take a, take a break. And about the story about the girl, she survived. Um, I think she just came out of surgery yesterday or the day before. But she ends up smearing blood all over her and then playing dead for him just so she could survive. These are babies having to have survival instincts for something they shouldn't even be involved with. Oh God. So I pray coverage for those families and for us, please do the best that you can to take care of your mental health. I think this week is the week of like testing everybody's mental health. You know, this is Memorial Day weekend. Most people should be light and going on vacations and worrying about all those different things. And we are having a tough time this week because we've hit this tragic point in the world. Try to do your best to take care of yourself. Make sure you're eating right. You know, I would say make sure you're getting enough sleep, but we don't, we really don't get enough sleep in the, and anybody really doesn't get enough sleep, but I want us to try to do better in that. Like really try to figure out how you can get more sleep. And I'm going to give you one good way you can get some sleep. One, stop turning your TV on in your room and turn that mess off and go to bed. Number two, this is a good one. If you find yourself scrolling on TV, you're in your living room, you kind of relax. Now you've had a long day and then you, you want to get caught up in your show. If you don't have a show that you're specifically having or wanting to watch and you're just up, 
do yourself a favor. If it's like eight, nine, even 10 o'clock at night, shut your stuff down, shut yourself down, shut the stuff down, shut it all down and start to put yourself in a mindset that I'm going to, instead of sitting here doing this, I'm going to go ahead and get that rest. Because as much as we say, we don't even have time for rest. It's not that we don't have time. We don't manage our time. Well, we just don't, we don't manage our time. Well, so I want us to do better and manage our time better so that we can get better sleep, some better rest. Do whatever it is that you have to do because taking care of you, if you don't take care of yourself, nobody else is going to come over there. Ain't nobody come over to take care of you unless you, have, you know, you have earned that right because you have aged and you have family and loving supporting that's coming in around taking care of you. Now the rest of y'all don't fit that category. So ain't nobody coming over to help you out like that. Nobody's coming over to wash your body up. Nobody's coming over to feed you. Nobody's coming to put you to bed like you're a toddler. It's time for you to take care of you. You are your biggest asset. Whatever you can or cannot do, it won't happen unless you're putting the effort in behind it to do it. So you're going to have to get on to do better and get yourself some rest. Put yourself to bed. Set yourself an alarm. Get yourself on a nighttime routine. You know, make sure you're eating throughout the day. Listen, we got to get on a better schedule of eating because doing that is helpful right? Some of us are not eating right. So we're just grabbing food. Like this week has not been the best. So I have to admit, I'm one of those people that's talking to myself, right? And I didn't eat right because when the cat, the thing, you know, our situation with our cat happened, you know, I, I haven't even slept in our bed, but one night this week, I'm going to tell you why. Usually at night, even though cats are usually up during the day at nighttime, for the majority of the time, my cat would stay in our bed with us. So he would sleep by our feet. Sometimes he would sleep in the middle of us. Most of the time, usually by our feet or like when you curve your leg, he likes to sleep in the curve of your leg. And so I couldn't get in our bed just the way I wanted to because the struggle of like hearing his collar, hearing him isn't there. And so I'm struggling with that. But best believe by next week, I'm going to get myself together so that I can be better to myself. The drink of the week. All right. With us going into Memorial Day weekend and for those who can get away, can have, you know, step away and just have some relaxing time with family and friends, please do that. But the drink of the day is going to go to a watermelon mojito. If you like mojitos and you like watermelon because watermelon is about to be plenteous, you're going to need just a couple of items. And, you know, I'm going to put the recipe in the show notes is you're going to need pretty much watermelon, mint, agave nectar, light rum, and lime juice. You're going to need those items. You know, when you're making a mojito or any other drink, I learned this in, you know, the class that I took for my little drink class, which I'm going to put that uh, link in the um, show notes as well. Why? Because if you're in the Philadelphia area and you're looking to do something different, I want you to go ahead and take this cocktail class. I learned a lot about muddling certain flavorings and muddling fruits. Um, because you want to get that flavor and get it all into your drink and things. So yes, listen, I tried my hand at certain things and I can do a couple things now. So yes, to make that, um, watermelon mojito, you know, you're going to have to, you know, use all the tools and get your stuff together and muddle that watermelon, add that mint. You're going to want to crush that and put it in your palm. You're going to use these different and the different, um, sizing to measure all out your, your liquids and mix it together, put some ice and shake it up make yourself a watermelon mojito. So that is the drink of the day. And as we go into Memorial Day weekend, let me just be very clear, be very clear on certain things. 
Fourth of July is not going to be celebrated by everybody. And let me just keep this real. It's not going to be just not because a lot of people are not really free in the United States. A lot of people, y'all going to be doing the most talking about, well, if you don't like it here, go to a different country. Stop all that foolishness right now. My father has served in the military most of my adult, my, most of my life period. Right. And even after I became an adult and I had kids, my dad went back into the military and served his country, went two tours, two of them in Iraq, two, not one, two. So as a military brat, let me just say, I need y'all to pump y'all brakes on this drama that y'all create online and offline. Y'all foolishness. Stop it right now. But when it comes to Memorial Day weekend, I think we get really carried away because all we see is the red, white, and blue. And because you're feeling some way about the country and rightfully so, let's not take away from the men and women who have served and who have given their lives. Memorial Day weekend is the time to celebrate those who have given their lives and they're no longer here, but they gave their lives so that we can have five seconds of slices of freedom. I say slices of freedom because until everybody's free and free, not free-ish, then yes, I understand you may want to fight the power, but just be clear on knowing what your holidays mean. Memorial Day is not for the time for you to be anti um, uh, United States. Um, there are, and although, let me also keep it real too, even in the military, you know, black people have always been able to be in the military even when they didn't have basic rights. So I do understand it from that perspective as well. But keep in mind Memorial Day, Memorial memorials memorial day is about giving honor to those who have lost their lives making sure that we have slices of freedom that is what it is about the men and the women who have given their lives in some form of combat some type of given into the military and they have lost their lives my family is riddled with people who have given their lives in combat i have family in every branch and i mean every branch that there is my family tree goes long into that and i'm sure yours do as well so let's make sure that we are honoring the fallen soldiers of the men and women who have given their lives to make sure that we have the slices of freedom that we have again it's not perfect not going to act like it is, but as a military brat, Memorial Day will not change for me. We are going to honor the men and women who have given their lives so that we can have the slices of freedom that we have. We know that there's a lot to do on the ground to make things better. Let's not keep, let's not act like everything is perfect. Nothing in life is perfect. And I stand 100% behind people who don't celebrate certain things. 100%, even with my dad being in the military. But when it comes to Memorial Day weekend, when it comes to what it means, I think we just lose hope because we put the two holidays and we smush them together. We put two holidays and smush them together. They are not the same. Memorial Day weekend is not the same as 4th of July. They are two different holidays, people. We need to get back to the old basic, you know, understanding of certain holidays. But when it comes to Memorial Day weekend, Memorial Day weekend is to remember the fallen, to remember those who've given their lives. They didn't give their lives to the miss. They didn't give it. Trust me. Let me tell you something as a military brat. When my father has been in situations where he was either going to be shipped to war or when he actually was, because he's done many tours of different things throughout my, I'm 41 years old. And in 41 years, I've seen my dad have to go to many wars and thank the Lord almighty. He came back, especially these um, Afghanistan and Iraq wars, right? Let's keep this real. Military families, their lives is always cut upside down when their families have to go. 
families. Some people end up having to go stay with in-laws because it just makes more sense. You know, children are without their parents. And this is mothers and fathers, mothers and fathers who put their lives on the line. And they know that that any time that their life could be taken just from being in combat. And in the midst of that, the people who suffer outside, you know, of them is their families. They're not with their families for certain holidays. They miss birthdays. They miss all kinds of events. They be missing the births of their own children. So for me, Memorial Day is not the time for a lot of the shenanigans that I'm seeing. Memorial Day is to honor the fallen. We're going to honor those who've given their lives. We're going to honor those who put their lives on the line so that we can have freeish moments. And we're going to work on getting these moments to become more free. Hold everybody accountable. Absolutely do those things. But when it comes to Memorial Day weekend, we got to get back to the pure basics, right? Um, today is also National uh, Road Trip Day. I don't know how many road trips we've taken because of the gas prices, but um, if you could find a way to cut the cost by, you know, having other people go with you and splitting the cost and gas, because that's already half the battle. It is national road trip day. Some key things that you want to keep in mind when you're on a road trip is the music, the snacks, and who you're traveling with, because those matter in the show notes will be a blog about that as well. You know, I got everything for everything. So if you're taking a road trip this summer and you may be because you may not listen, sometimes the gas and, and the driving gas may be cheaper than some of this airplane gas because, you know, everything goes up. Decide what it is that you want to do. And as much as things are going to be expensive, find ways to enjoy it this summer. Memorial Day weekend is like the unofficial call for summer. And so as we go into the summer months, protect yourself, be, be you know aware of your surroundings and be careful how you move because people are watching you when you're moving, when you're traveling, always be aware. But I want you to also find some time to get out there and have a great time, have a little bit of leisure, add a little bit of fun, add all those things to your lives. My heart goes out to those in Texas, again, that are this, in this immediate tragedy. I'm hoping that we as a nation can find a better way to, to handle these situations. I'm not getting into all the politics. We've had five seconds of doses of that. But at the end of the day, those babies are not here and those families are going to forever, forever, forever be touched. I hope for you that your week is going to be great, that you have a good week and a good weekend and a good week of your next week. We will be back because that's what we do with Conversations with Toy. Make sure that you you already listened. You did the first part. Make sure you share the episode as well as you review the episode. And I'm grateful for you being here. I'm grateful for all of us. We've been having some tough times, but tough times don't last forever. But I will say um, our health care, our, our mental health and our and our self-care needs to be a one. Please go back to some basics on self-care. Make sure that you do the things that you need, because we need to see more of us taking care of ourselves, loving on ourselves, treating ourselves with the utmost respect. And if you respect and love yourself, you're going to find ways to do better for yourself, whether you're doing better in your eating, how you take care of yourself, how you love yourself. So I, w I hope all of that for you. We'll be back next week. Have yourself an amazing weekend. Get yourself a little bit of that uh, watermelon margarita. Uh, no, not even margarita, but you can take it and make it a margarita if you choose. But we're talking about the watermelon mojito. Have a great weekend. And if you're about to get on the road, check out the show notes for the road trip and have a great time.
Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.